0: Getting people to pick up trash on a Tuesday evening was actually not as hard as I thought it was because the people showing up to the cleanup weren't the ones that had to plan the cleanup. So if you have an idea and you want to start doing something, just do it as easily as we did it. Start a Facebook group or everybody has a social media now. Make an Instagram story and say, hey, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then you'd be surprised like how many people are willing to show up once they know somebody else has kind of taken the lead uh, to get the ball rolling with that stuff.
1: The Life in Motion podcast is brought to you by Actual Outdoors. They help build beautiful brands that highlight the approachable and authentic parts of outdoor recreation. Said simply, they keep it real. Learn more at actualoutdoors.com. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. What's up and welcome to episode 113 of Life in Motion. I've got a familiar voice with me today, Brian Bell of Keep Virginia Cozy. They work to conserve their lands by connecting people with them, promoting inclusivity in them, and increasing accessibility to them. Brian also has some exciting updates since we last had him on the show, and I can't hear to see what they are. Brian, thanks for uh, being a guest again.
0: Yeah, man. Thanks so much for having us back on.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I know, you know, I still keep up uh, with with what you all are doing since, you know, we we first had you on as a guest and everything. And um, I know you mentioned you have some updates of what you have been up to. So I'm excited to hear those. But before we get into that, for people who didn't hear the original episode, um, let's kind of share, you know, who you are, your story, your background, kind of what uh, what drove this passion to kind of do what you're doing now?
0: Yeah, Uh, well, I'm a, you know, Virginian from uh, birth until now, and I just turned 36. So I've been in Virginia my whole life, and I have been outdoorsy for, you know, about 34 of those 36 years. (laughs) It's just, it kind of started off as a fun weekend project. You know, just I knew where I was going to be and and going out and checking uh, some local trails when I first moved to Richmond. And then, you know, that very quickly got paired with uh, I always packed out trash when I saw it anyway, because it's a bummer that it's there, Uh, into a fun way to kind of get more of my friends outside. And then it just kind of snowballed from there into uh, what it is now. And now we do. Uh, Events with, you know, over 40 different businesses and uh, like six different area schools uh, in the Richmond area, Uh, you know, a bunch of community events during the week and also on weekends and stuff. And since 2017, uh, we've removed over 85,000 pounds of uh, litter and recycling from our green spaces, national forests, national park and
1: uh, surrounding neighborhoods. That's a lot of trash. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh So, so one thing, you know, obviously you grew up in uh, Virginia, you're still in Virginia, that kind of stuff. So what, what is it about Virginia to you? That's, um, you know, obviously you're, you're staying busy, giving back to the community, that kind of stuff. Um, But what is it about that kind of makes Virginia kind of uh, special or unique in, in kind of the outdoor space?
0: Yeah, you know, I ask myself that every summer when I have to remind myself that the humidity is uh, only temporary. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, Virginia—we're just—it's just great here. We have we have absolutely everything. We have the oldest mountains, uh, you know—they're gorgeous. They're uh, tons of different, you know, terrain. With that, all the way from Southwest Virginia, the Grayson Highlands area, and, and Mount Rogers, uh, you know, all the way up through. Uh, The northern George Washington National Forest and stuff where it gets kind of, um, you know, a little bit boreal up there, too, like some higher elevation style stuff. And we've got over a quarter amount, like quarter length of the whole Appalachian Trail lies in Virginia alone, uh, which is pretty rad. And then on top of our national forests and national park area, there's over, you know, 600 additional miles of trail uh to explore and those are just the named ones right like there's there's tons of stuff to just get out on the, the forest service area and the the managed lands and just go explore and disappear and then as well as the james river you know which starts in the mountains and, and cuts right on down to the bay there's pretty much stuff everywhere you go that is conducive to getting outside and adventuring
1: yeah yeah no and obviously growing up there i would definitely agree with that and it's it's a uh uh I guess diverse in that sense you know you have you have the mm-hmm. uh the more mountain ranges you know out west and then it kind of you know calms down a little bit from from a mountain standpoint but then you, know, you keep working your way east and boom there's the ocean or the river or the bay or you know whatever that may be so there's definitely um always something to do if you're if you're kind of into that outdoor space and then yeah, so totally. when you when and to refresh my memory too when you move to Richmond um I don't remember if that was uh, during school or kind of during those, those years or whatnot, but I, I guess to that point, and, and I don't know if, like I said, what, what the original reasoning was it for, but once you got there, you know, obviously Richmond is, is, you know, this, the city in, in Virginia, you know, it's, it's the capital it's, it's big and all that stuff, but you know, how, how, uh, I guess how does the outdoors fit into kind of the Richmond city lifestyle as well? Cause I, th- I think there's a fair mix of both there, but you know, sometimes you get caught up, Oh, it's a city, big towers, all this other stuff. Um, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying.
0: It's, um, that's an interesting question too, because I moved here in 2011, uh, February okay. 2011. So whatever that math is like t- 11 years ago. And, I've been, uh, I guess, like the first couple years, I wasn't really like an active participant in the city because I was working for a company that I was traveling around a lot. Uh, so I, you know, slept here a couple of days during the week and stuff. But then I was always out on jobs up in Maryland or North Carolina or, or places like that. And uh, finally, I, I guess around maybe I'd say like 2014 or 2015 is when I started kind of leaning pretty hard into like the infrastructure that existed in our town, right? Like our local James River Park trails and, uh, you know, all the surrounding stuff that, that comes with that. But um, I think, you know, the, one of the things that I like the most about Richmond is we've kind of got our different boroughs, you know, like I'm from a small town, like over in the Shenandoah Valley. Like I grew up in Stanton, but that's a, that's a small town, right? Like their, their main street is maybe like one third the length of Cary street kind of small town. And (laughs) So it's cool. as so I moved to Richmond and it just felt much bigger than it was like, might as well have been New York to me, you know? Yeah. And the neighborhoods, you know, you've got like them all sectioned off, kind of like Manchester and Churchill and, uh, you know, Lakeside and Forest Hill and all that stuff. So you kind of also get different, um, you know, views of the city depending on where in the city you actually are. But I feel like each one does a really good job of incorporating. Uh, green spaces and kind of fun ways to give back. Like There's community gardens all over the place. And there's, you know, big parks on the north side with Bryan Park and same on the south side with Forest Hill and all these little pocket parks like over in the fan and the museum district like Scuffletown Park and, and all that stuff. So I think more than a lot of other cities, Richmond does a great job of uh, not only knowing how important like outdoor spaces are, but also doing as much as they can to build them or preserve them if they already exist and then incorporate them into, you know, the new development that's going into these areas uh, like Scott's edition and that kind of stuff. So I think, I think they're doing a pretty great job uh, keeping it green, which is cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. And, and, you know, I, I grew up in a small town in Virginia as well. And then, and then went to VCU and that was the kind of same thing. I kind of wanted to, you know, get out of the small town vibe, but, you know, you quickly kind of get, get there and realize that, uh, it it kind of does have a small town vibe, especially uh, at least from my perspective. When you kind of get into those pockets and those different groups and activities and stuff, and then even from the time that I've grad or since I graduated in 2014, I think it was from VCU, just you know going back home every once in a while to visit the family, seeing you know what you and and everybody at Beyond Boundaries and stuff is up to, and just kind of hearing how much it's even grown from kind of the outdoor space since I've graduated college there is, is amazing. And it's cool that everybody's, you know, kind of h- helping reach that trajectory of, you know, getting more people outside, give back more, more activities, everything like that. So it's really cool to see that growth. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's, that is really cool. That's that's one of the things I enjoy the most about, you know, having
0: uh, it's like such a myriad of different organizations that are doing stuff, but their primary focus is to kind of, Uh, highlight how cool it is to not only do the stuff that they're doing, like the work that beyond boundaries is doing uh, and stuff like that, but also to do it outside. Right. Like, you know, we can go and they do a good mix of both, right? Like they take folks rock climbing, which is where you and I met like at triangle and yeah, but they also do rock climbing outside at Manchester and incorporate a lot in the park system and stuff. So it is really, really cool uh, to see so many different groups, building in space to their, their agendas and stuff, you know, like, Hey, let's make sure and do this, but do it in a space that's, uh, nurturing on more levels than just the program, right? Like you're outside, you're getting sunlight, you're getting reconnected. You're, you know, interacting with the world in a way that doesn't really happen inside of a building. And it's, it's really cool to see.
1: Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. It's awesome to see, see the growth. So, so back to, um, keep Virginia cozy you know you you kind of just you know you always had kind of the um pack in pack out you know whatever uh, mindset with that and then you started adapting that to you know getting your friends out there and stuff or like I guess when you were kind of building you know obviously they are your friends but you know kind of building that community in that sense um were there was it a lot of people that would typically already like go out on a hike with you or whatever like i guess you know you mentioned it snowball so i guess i'm asking how exactly did that snowball happen
0: yeah i think a lot of that snowball was um you know thanks to stuff like facebook almost said facebook facebook and social media um you know it's it's few and far between when i feel like those things do what they were kind of designed to do uh in a a good way but that is pretty much an example of them working in the best way because I started making just very basic uh, Facebook event invitation things, you know, being like, "Hey, uh, I'm going to be at Texas Beach this day, and I'll be there around this time, and I'll have, you know, the stuff that's needed if anybody wants to show up." But like, you know, the goal is to like go enjoy being outside, but also pick up trash, and I'll have gloves and bags. And a couple people started coming and, and doing that, and then, you know, the next time we would do it, I noticed that. Uh, those same people. And then also some new people would show up and I'd ask them how they learned about it. Because at that time, uh, you know, we weren't even an official nonprofit yet. So I didn't have like a website and I didn't have a social media for it. I just had my personal Facebook and people would be like, oh, we learned about it from, uh, you know, Leah told us about it last week and we thought it sounded cool. So we'll check it out. And so a lot of it was just word of mouth after the initial uh, event creation on Facebook. And then, <laughs> You know, when we got down the road and I started seeing that there was actually like room for this to become, uh, you know, kind of what it is and what it's still still becoming. Uh, that's when, you know, we made the proper social media channels and stuff for it. And uh, it's since then, it's just been, you know, pretty awesome to kind of like come and, and watch people who also don't know that like I'm the person to set up the event behind it. So I just get to interact <laughs> with everybody on a really cool level, like, hey, let's you know, go out here and then I'll just be casually talking to people be like, Hey, how'd you hear about it? And they'll say, you know, Oh, like, you know, my friend John came two weeks ago and I meant to come, but I couldn't. And now he's out of town, but I still wanted to go and I brought my friend with me. And so it's just been really, really cool to see social media do what we all hope it would do. And then also just have people enjoying being outside and connecting to, um, you know, new people in a way that's, uh, you know, positive and, and with good intention. And there's, there's some good stuff that goes, goes hand in hand with that. And the proof is like in the, you know, the trashy pudding with it because people show up week after week and they already know that their whole goal is to pick up garbage. So they're not coming out for some glamorous reasons, right? They're coming out (laughs) uh, and enjoying these natural spaces with cool people uh, and leaving it better than they found it.
1: Yeah. So, so like that, and then especially in the kind of early stages, I mean, what do you think, kind of attracted them the most and then kind of helped that retention where they would come back week after week or a couple couple times out of the months or whatever was it you know i guess was it maybe like oh this sounds like a good thing to do but then they get out and like it's it is picking up trash but it's more than that because you're with people you're you know bonding you're outside all those kinds of different things obviously creating different friendships i would assume do you think like that was a big part of it or like what do you think I guess, inspired the people in the first place that you didn't know to show up? Hey, let's go pick up some trash.
0: Yeah, that's a great question that I I don't really know the answer to. I've thought about it a couple times and I've tried to, you know, maybe reverse engineer it too, because I've also done the same thing. You know, there's there's organizations I like to volunteer with that, you know, I had to start somewhere. Right. And I can't really trace back the origin of like, I don't remember what the first one I went to with J-Rock was, but. You know, it's really fun to show up at their events and like build a bench or something and place it down at Ancaro's or, or whatever. But there has to be like a, uh, a starting point for each one of these. And I think at least what drew me out was like, oh, this sounds like, you know, the fastest way as an adult to potentially make new friends. Cause you're already meeting on a platform where you have shared interest, right? Like yeah. you go out to like some, you know, happy hour or, or whatever, um, you you know, you could meet people that just showed up for that event and that's great, but like, you don't have much in common. If you carve out time to go get involved outside, I feel like you've already kind of bypassed like a few, uh, like intro points. So you're already meeting people who, you know, uh, share a lot of the same interests you do, or maybe, you know, have different interests than you, but like you can learn from them and kind of create, like create, uh, like a new passion list for yourself. So I, I feel like there's just more intentionality behind the you know, showing up to volunteer and like meet those people. So you already feel a bit familiar with them, even if you've never met them yet.
1: Yeah, no, that, that's a good, um, you know, you mentioned you can't really pinpoint it, but that's a really good, uh, uh kind of perspective, uh, or kind of insight. Like you said, you know, if you're, if you're new to the city or new to an area or whatever, and you find the group and like you said, you, there's already that common interest, you know, that's, that's a little less intimidating than, you know, just going to a happy hour by yourself or, you know, going to some event by yourself or whatever that might be. Because like you said, there's that there's that kind of common thread. So that's a good point. And it's cool to yeah. hear, you know, that when they did show up initially, they're they're having that good experience and kind of getting that fulfillment as well for what they're doing to come back to continue um, and everything. So anyway, so, so you got a little more uh, uh, legit, you know, got a website, all that good stuff. Um, how how did it kind of evolve um from there was it just more like scheduled events of course obviously you had scheduled events but more like putting it out there in a more i don't know official way might not be the right way to put it because you're officially doing it before but like what i guess what was that evolution um of you know once once you got it more serious from a standpoint that hey you saw these people coming back and back and bringing friends and and doing all this stuff got all this buy-in
0: yeah well i think I mean, I guess we are more official in the sense now that we are uh, like more IRS official, you know, so <laughs> uh, like beforehand, you know, we didn't have any papers articles. like we didn't, we just weren't a 501c3. It was just a, a group that I thought was fun. And then it started gaining steam. And I never wanted it to have like founder syndrome, you know, so then I tried to quickly play catch up on the business back end to make sure that it could be uh, evenly matched with our growth on the front end. So Uh, you know, people wanted to say like, oh, I can't come out to a cleanup, but like I can help this way or or whatever. I can make a donation this way. Uh, And I started being like, okay, well, that we need to make it so we can accept donations that are, uh, you know, going to the greater good rather than just someone Venmoing myself 30 bucks. And which is great. That money would go into that. But yeah, this is a little bit more
1: transparent.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. So we filed our articles of incorporation in uh, 2017 and got approved and got our EIN number and stuff. So now we're fully tax deductible for people's, uh, you know, charitable giving. And moving forward from there, then I paired that with, you know, getting a website going. So there's like a landing page. And uh, thankfully, it's kind of cool because a lot of the people that we met that are in positions of power to give back in a fun way started coming before we were legit to begin with. So, you know, uh-huh. a couple of people, yeah, it's a couple of people came to cleanups like in the early years. And, uh, you know, we met because uh, I've always known the people at Vossen, like Joey and Tony and, and their whole staff. Uh, and right yeah. when they opened their doors five years ago, same as we did, they, one of the first things they did was reach out and like September of that year and be like, hey, uh, you know, we want to do a cleanup and, you know, make sure that people know that we're here to not just do business, but also take care of it and, and give it back to the community. And basically, since that time frame, uh, we've been pretty much like you know, working together hand in hand. We're their 1% for the Planet Partner. Uh, they're part of our Brewgrass Festival each year. Uh, we use their grain bags um, as our reusable trash bag options now, which keep us um, zero waste, which is something we can talk about. That's in America, awesome. It's really cool. But, um, you know, yeah, it's been, it's been really fun to, like, watch it grow in a legit way, if that's the word, like to, to match, like, the actual organic growth we're getting on the front end, which is really neat. But I'm not entirely sure what got people coming out uh, other than just, you know, what we mentioned before, it's was like having fun and, and enjoying and maybe seeing new parts of the city and stuff. But uh, it's been really cool to have them be such repeat customers of of coming with the whole knowledge of like, you're going to get covered in dirt and you're going
1: to see really <laughs> stuff.
0: But like, uh, you know, now I do notice a lot now is like, uh, some of the people who might have a little bit higher competitive streak than others get to turn it into a really fun game each week. So they're uh, like, yeah. like last week, you know, I picked up a whole bike and, you know, three bags and it was like 60 pounds this week. I'm going to try and beat that. And I'm like, all right, go for it.
1: Like, <laughs> you
0: know, like more power to you. So it's just everybody can find like some
1: fun in it in ways that I
0: never even really saw possible, which has been really cool.
1: That's awesome. Um, and it's, it's probably really cool. Two, because you know those those people that are going out and you know your actual like events and that kind of stuff and helping and having the competitions everything you know i would i would have to assume that if they're out you know with their family or with their friends and not an official uh, excuse me trash cleanup capacity if you know if i'll call it that you know if they're walking down the trail or or by the river or whatever that because of their experience with you in your organization, that if they see that trash, they're going to like, not just look at it and look away, they're going to do it. So, so I would imagine in that way, sort of creates like a a ripple effect almost within the community of being more trash conscious, if that's, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, that's the goal, right? Like
0: it's, I would much, I would always love to throw an event and then each week have, uh, you know, all the people show up that normally show up. Like the first year we were averaging like between seven and 11 people, uh, which was great. Cause that was like six and 10 other people I convinced to come out and pick up trash. And since then, you know, we've done cleanups that have had, uh, like over a hundred people and we've done, I think our average is usually anywhere between like the around like 30 to like 50 people, uh, Mark, you know, and that's, that's incredible, but it's been really, uh, interesting to see what it is that like, uh, you know, get some to come back out like that. Like, yeah. And, and, and pairing that with like, um, you know, like getting them more trash conscious. Like I would love for every, like each week to do a cleanup and have that many people show up. But I would also love if that many people like just did what you just described. Like we're on a dog walk and saw a bottle and they picked it up. Like imagine that ripple yeah. effect of going out. If we could get all that to happen, like that would be, and then our could just turn into like hanging out outside and having fun. Cause there wouldn't be anything to pick up, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it would be a really, I'm hoping that's the whole, you know, that's the goal is if we can get that ripple going out and then people can become trash conscious, like, you know, and it's not fun, right? Nobody wants to see it. And sometimes like, I can even admit like in years past, like you see something and you just really don't feel like carrying something for several miles if you're on a hike. And so like, you kind of ignore it or something like that. But uh, if we can just get that wave to change, then I think it's going to be a pretty amazing thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so, so you have the, the um, kind of the individual volunteer events and that kind of stuff. And then when we first got on, you, you mentioned um working with schools and other businesses and stuff, which I don't, I, from what I remember, you weren't necessarily doing that when we first um had you on either. Um, yeah. So what does that look like? Those interactions and kind of, yeah, just everything look like there.
0: Yeah. So those are super cool things that came about after we like, quote unquote, went legit, right? Like I, now that we are a business and we're an official nonprofit and we are a 501c3 and companies can write checks to us and claim that and all that stuff, it opened up this door that I kind of never really thought to even knock on. But then once it started happening, I was like, Oh, this is really, really, these are cool opportunities. Like for instance, uh, Tuckahoe Montessori out in the West end, um, or, further West than we are, um, you know, they've got uh, a smattering of ages of kids and stuff like from, you know, age six all the way up until like, I think like middle school era. But they do a big Earth Day push every year. And so they teach green education, which they teach a lot of anyway, which is really great, like composting and gardening and all of that stuff. And a friend of mine, she's a, a teacher out there. And for a couple years now, uh, both pre-COVID and once right after COVID, uh, we got to go out there for the Earth Week celebration. Each day of the week, they were having a different, um, you know, green initiative program and stuff. So we went out there and we made seed balls, which is uh, oh, just yeah. you know, regular clay. And we, but we partnered with, uh, I believe it was Sneeds. We used Sneeds one year and then we used another local group the other year. But um, they give us all local non-invasive uh, wildflower species. Virginia. And so we get to go out there and and get the kids playing with their hands and and making these seed balls. And they can, you know, do fun stuff like make snowman shapes out of them or whatever their brains come up with. But what (laughs) they get to do when they dry is take them home and throw them out in the yard or, uh, you know, throw them out when they're in the park or something like that. And what that thing is going to do is when the rain hits it, you know, you know how it works, it dissolves the clay, then the seeds have a spot to take hold. And then uh, hopefully, They're creating a bunch of these little pollinator substations that, you know, a hummingbird zipping along can stop over and and grab some nectar and keep going and same with bees and and all this stuff. But we're trying to teach these kids, you know, why those are important things or why local, uh, you know, native plants are more important than, you know, decorative trees and that kind of stuff. And also things like proper recycling, right? Like a lot of people know that you can recycle peanut butter jars, but a lot of people don't take the time to clean them and then recycle them, which then turns, if you don't do that, turns the whole recycling into trash and that whole thing gets missed. So we try to catch them uh, you know, at a younger, more impressionable age of, of doing that kind of stuff and be like, hey, uh, you know, this is how you can recycle these things and this is how you can compost this and this is why you don't throw banana peels on the side of a trail or whatever. So being able to catch this generation early on and hopefully instill some of that that green education at an earlier age, will i think you know ultimately it can only be good uh, whether yeah. or not they follow through with it is, is a different thing but it's that's been a really cool opportunity to get to do and we've we've done a few things with like i said tuckahoe montessori and then the patrick henry school of science and uh, over in forest hill and then a few other uh, extracurricular homeschool groups and stuff but uh, they make a donation to us and then we provide all the stuff that's needed and i bring everything with me and we just set up a little fun you know, play workstation thing for the day on site at their schools, and they get to learn a little something. And then we also pair that sometimes with uh, when we talk about local pollinators, one of the things we talk about, for instance, is uh, bats. And so we'll get the Department of Wildlife Resources, which used to be Game and Inland Fisheries before they rebranded. But they'll send out like a wildlife biologist, and they'll talk about, you know, why bats are important, you know, what they eat, how they do it, where they live. Uh, how you can support them, like how you can make your yard uh, area that would be more habitable and friendly for bats, that kind of stuff. So we're teaching also about like the local wildlife that kids see um, and why they're important and, you know, what they can really do for us and how to kind of strike up a more symbiotic relationship with them rather than being like scared of a raccoon or something. You know what I mean?
1: So it's been pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And that that makes sense, you know exposing them to that in that way you know whether or not you know like you said they they sort of follow through it and you know depending on what age they are of course but regardless so they'll still have that seed planted um in in their head you know if something if they have another experience kind of down the road and that might trigger that whole cycle again so when they are a little more um you know older or whatever and then they they might get into those habits again or something like that which is um, it's cool because I mean obviously everything starts with our youth and the next generation because you know uh our generation isn't gonna last forever so you gotta gotta help the other ones out while uh, while we're here so that's that's really cool and then so from the from the business standpoint is that sort of um you know the the same sort of uh deal except you know with employees and that kind of stuff
0: yeah it can be we um you know that was something that I, I thought of just as a a lot of these ideas and stuff I have usually come in like the wintertime when there's not much
1: going on (laughs) outside
0: and it's paired with like three hours of daylight. And, uh, you know, you're just kind of trying to, to get by and, and figure it out. But like one thing is, you know, they can make a charitable donation. Uh, we've set a price for that now. And it's, uh, you know, it's about 250 bucks and they can get their employees or their, we've had some groups from VCU so they can get their students from a certain department out. Uh, but they make a, a charitable donation to us. And then we provide everything. We've got the reusable gloves. We've got the reusable bags. Uh, we have a service, a partnership with a service that comes and hauls away all the litter and the recycling for us, uh, depending on what stage the, the trash is in, it's, whether it's still recyclable or not. We'll then sort it and, and take care of it that way. So we reached out with this kind of like team building uh, initiative, you know, like, hey, you always see like. Capital One work happy hours or something like that. And, or, or, you know, or whatever. And, or like, you know, plant trees with like the tree stewards and stuff like that. So I was saying, I was like, you know, there's a lot of trash to be picked up and we yeah. have all the stuff to do it. All we really need from their perspective is for them to show up to want to do it. So uh, we kind of came up with this little proposal and we put it on our website as an option and people can uh, message us directly through the website if that's something that they're interested in. And as soon as I did that, Uh, and put that up and then made a social media announcement about it uh the emails like started coming in it was awesome it was you know we had (laughs) like six different departments from vcu alone all reached out we had like the school of dentistry we had the entire uh you know female basketball team uh we had the who else do we have we had kinesiology department um we've had folks from like good run research which is a company that is in town that um you know does uh, like focus group stuff. And, and we're actually doing one with them again. Next, next week. Uh, we've had capital one, we've had uh, Miller financial group. We've had like over 50 businesses. We're just like, yes, we'd love to do this. That would be really cool. That's, that's insane. Uh, well, yeah. It's really cool. And It's like, what's the next step? And I'm like, Hey, next step is, uh, you know, you tell us how many folks you're going to bring or how many you think would show up. We'll pick the location. We'll have all the gear. Uh, and then all y'all have to do is show up in clothes that you don't mind, you know, potentially getting dirty. <laughs> you write us a check and for the donation, we take care of it. You have fun outside. Y'all get to go back about your day. And, you know, then you you collectively made a place better than it was before. And then we all feel good about it. And then we benefit from it. And so does nature. And, uh, you know, it's been it's been pretty sweet because they run for about like two hour windows because, you know, you picking up trash longer than that can get a little bit, either monotonous or incredibly heavy, you know? So doing it in like a little window where it's kind of like an out and back is pretty fun. But uh, a lot of times groups, because that's not the highest price ever, you know, it pretty much covers our costs and like a little bit of our time since we don't have any overhead, like an office building or actually any paid employees. Like it's, you know, pretty easy to keep that cost low. But uh, a lot of groups like Miller Financial, Uh, they did it two years in a row. And the first year they were like, all right, well, we had a really great time. We're going to go ahead and just round up. And so they wrote us a check for a thousand bucks. And yeah, it was amazing. So a lot of people, you know, the base price is 250. They get to write that off. We give them an invoice and then they go on about it. But so many people are just so excited to do good outside with other people uh, that a lot of times it just kind of leads to the snowball of uh, generosity kind of getting bigger and then everybody benefits and has a good day and we make enough to do it again. And it kind of keeps going. So those have been really fun team building events, but we also, to that point, there's a couple groups that reached out and they were like, Hey, we want to do something with you, but I know that none of our employees want to like pick up trash, <laughs> which is totally <laughs> fair. Right. Cause I can just relate to that. I don't want to pick it up either, but we kind of have to. And so I was like, okay, well we can do, uh, you know, stuff like we're going to do a, a bat box building class uh, in a couple of weeks, but we still have to get all the materials ready so we can get y'all to come out and help us cut it. And that can be a way you give back so that when we run the bat house class, we can say, you know, uh, you know, wood prepared by such and such or whoever, and that kind of thing. So there's other ways apart from just purely picking up litter uh, that businesses can give back and it's been really fun to to kind of figure out that line or, or fold them into some existing curriculums and then they get excited to be part of some cool project list.
1: Yeah, that's that's awesome, too. And, and you know, I would imagine from um, an employee standpoint that a lot of people a lot of employees uh, employees would appreciate appreciate them more if i can speak uh than than like a, a pizza party or you know something like a happy hour or something like that just because it's different you're still bonding you know with with your um, co-workers and that kind of stuff and you know you're benefiting the community that you're in directly by doing these activities so it's it's cool that um you've had that buy-in from you know all the all the companies uh within the area and and kind of you know building the community that way as well so
0: yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. It's, and that's been really fun and, and been really uh, pleased to see the people's response with, with wanting to do that kind of stuff. Cause I don't know, to be honest, a pizza party sounds pretty rad, you know? So <laughs> if I was going to get paid to go hang out with people and eat pizza, like that sounds pretty good, but I really love that the community actively is seeking out ways to give back to the community instead of just being like, this is easy, we can do it and this is what we've always done. They're like, no, we're, we're going to try and find a new way to give back and make our presence known in a beneficial way. And then also kind of set the example for other places doing business in our community about yeah. ways they they too can give back, which is, I think what really helped that ball get rolling there. Like I never realized how many different departments there are at VCU, but we had, yeah. you know, once the dentistry department came out, then it was like the whole girls basketball team. And then it was kinesiology. And then it was Uh, the children's hospital division. And then it was, uh, you know, it's just like, just boom, 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 boom. Like all of these people from VCU alone. And I was like, this is awesome. Like y'all are, uh, you know, walking the walk as well. And you're bringing out so many different people to each one of these events. And it's so, so cool to see a place that uh, is so heavily invested in their community and more than just, you know, making a business there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. People come here to go to VCU, but it's also rad that people at VCU care enough about where they live and work to like want to actively give back to it in so many different ways.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now that's, that's amazing that the community around that, that you build and kind of showing them that kind of stuff. So, um, back to the, uh, you know, you mentioned you're, you're now zero waste. So what, what, I guess, what does that look like? And like, what was it like to get to that point?
0: Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, what it doesn't look like is any more plastic (laughs) and latex gloves uh, going into the landfills or anything like that. Um, That has been one of the things that from like year number one was kind of one of those, you know, it's not great, but like that's the best we can do right now kind of thing because, you know, trash bags are not that expensive and pre-COVID latex gloves weren't either. So. I could out of my own pocket afford to buy two rolls of trash bags and a box of gloves and we'd pick up trash and then we'd have to, you know, that's before we weighed everything too. So we are just doing like a bag count and then throwing everything in a dumpster, which is still good, but it's not as good as it can be. Right. And I, I always yeah. want to be like holding us to like a higher standard of being learning as we go and being able to adapt and progress. But uh, once we started getting a little bit more, uh, funding in the table and kind of figuring out cool ways to to do stuff. I was so thrilled to find out that the spent grain bags from Boston brewery didn't do anything except get uh, a lot of times they got, they got trashed because there's a liner in those bags that, that can't be recycled properly or they, um, you know, just by nature get cut or weird or stripped and like they have to be thrown away. And so once I found that out, Joey was like, yeah, you can take as many of them as you want, as often as you want. And we've got <laughs> a never-ending supply because we make a lot of beer. Uh, <laughs> I got super, super excited. So I, I started setting up a, a thing at my house, like a process at my house, to be able to accommodate uh, as many bags as I could. And so every Wednesday, I go over to Vossen and pick up all of their spent bags from the previous week, like of all the bags of... of you know grains that come in and barley and all that stuff and those are the bags that you now see in our group photos and they get uh you know weighed up they're perfect because they're made out of you know woven nylon so they can hold uh you know over 150 pounds of stuff without ripping and we you know get all the bags together and then i weigh them up individually we get a, a total for weight removed from the cleanup and then uh, elias junk removal who's our partner they show up generously each cleanup and We then dump the trash into their trailer, and so they drive away with a full trailer of trash with no trash bags and no latex gloves, Uh, and it's only garbage going to either the landfill or the transfer station, and then those bags get reused. Uh, You know, I take them home and and rinse them off, and then I wash all the reusable gloves that we have at the laundromat and then show up the next day. So we've got these cleanups going now where we're not adding any plastic at all uh, in any form the cleanups themselves and that has been like a humongous uh you know weight off my chest but also like a little win for the environment that i can feel good about because looking at a group photo of like 150 people as rad as that is it was also a big bummer to see each person had a bag and that's 300 like 300 individual gloves you know like yeah um, kind of a bummer but like now we've gotten to that point where we are zero waste and i'm super thrilled about it and then also Uh, The other day I was on Instagram and I looked over at the James River Association. Uh, They did a cleanup with somebody like I forget what business it was, but uh, they were down at Belle Isle and I looked and I was like, those bags look kind of familiar. And so I messaged them and they got back and they were like, yeah, the idea for using these grain bags was so cool. Like we approached Star Hill, uh, you know, after seeing what you guys were doing and we approached Star Hill. And so now the James River Association is using Star Hills grain bags. Uh, so the cleanups that they hold, uh, however frequently they hold theirs, they're now zero waste too. And I mean, you know, Richmond, you can't fall down in Scott's edition without hitting a brewery. So <laughs> the fact that these bags are out there and they're just a, a completely renewable resource each week uh, and they keep everybody zero waste is really, really awesome. So I'm, I'm super stoked to see that trend catching on where, uh, you know, we can... Re, like, cause that's the whole point, reduce, reuse, recycle, right? Like if we have the yeah. access to it, we should. And we have these places that are generous, generous enough to give us their, uh, you know, their spent goods. Like we should take them up on that. And then in turn, even if nobody from those breweries gets to show up to the events or anything, that's automatically connected them to the community because the community is using their stuff to better the community. So it's a really cool way uh, to tie them into the work we're doing too.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. And, and like to, to your point, like when you started off, obviously, you know, getting a trash bag or, you know, throwaway gloves, all that stuff, you know, that makes, that makes sense. Obviously it's low cost, all that stuff, but the, the trash that you make from cleaning up the trash is honestly something that I wouldn't really think about, um, yeah. to, to, be honest. So like, I feel like most people don't, don't, that, that connection just isn't always made and then be able to take a step further. And then even, like you said, you're using local businesses that have that waste anyway so it's it's literally a win-win for everybody um so yeah no that's that's great so congratulations on that and and you know thinking about kind of those creative ways of, of how you can find uh you know some some of those those resources do help with the cleanups and and you know help help the the businesses and breweries as well
0: yeah thanks no it's been really cool i i mean hands down that's kind of so far one of the things i'm most proud of is uh, the fact that we've been able to take it to be fully zero waste. And that wouldn't really be able to happen. Like you just pointed out without the generosity of other people. Right. Cause it's just, it takes a lot of people to make good stuff happen. Like everybody's got to work together and those folks that come out from Elias junk removal, that's a, a really wonderful couple, uh, that moved here not long ago and they just reached out through Instagram and they were like, Hey, we like what you're doing. This is how we can help. Uh, you know, tell us what to do. And so they show up each time we have a cleanup and they, and that's on top of being busy and working like 60 hour weeks. Right. And yeah. our schedules kind of rotate in a funny way. Like right now we're doing this Reedy Creek campaign. So every other Thursday, uh, we're picking up trash from Reedy Creek and that's during the week. Right. And then on top of our Sundays cleanups and stuff. So, uh, they're bouncing around a lot and they're always being present at our events. So they're making a really, really huge effort to be, uh, as helpful as they can which is i mean honestly helping us because i don't have a pickup truck right like i have a subaru so yeah i don't have, i don't have the capacity to take that stuff away without uh, you know renting a truck or something so the fact that they offer that for us and that's how they give back is is enormously helpful and it just is really cool to see the community get involved um and want to do that so that's yeah that has been really rad
1: yeah yeah i mean especially because like you said that's i mean that's a lot of time from from their part i mean they could yeah. obviously be spending that you know doing other things but they're choosing to support your organization get back to the community community that way which is which is huge i mean that's you know we all have businesses or organizations or, or whatever you know obviously you want to make money but you also want to feel good about what you're doing and the reason why you're doing it so even right. something like that i mean is is super beneficial from from their standpoint so um, so what, um, I, I guess, you know, you, you, made this, the, the leap to, to zero, uh, waste, um, is there any other plans that kind of in the horizon as far as, you know, what's, what's next? Is it just kind of, you know, focusing on, you know, the things that we spoke about already or is there something kind of, um, uh, in the works?
0: I feel like there's always stuff in the works. I feel, <laughs> you know, cause like my brain is always rolling in some direction, uh, trying to, you know, come up with fun ways to stay engaged and to also be uh you know fun fun ways for people to get involved but i would really like to i also can have a tendency in my own personal life sometimes when i get stoked about something to like uh instead of reining it in i'm always thinking of like what's next what's next instead of doing the best i can with what i currently have right so yeah i really want to make sure that we've got the the hatches buttoned down tight um with this model that we've come up with now where we are fully zero waste and we are engaging the community in fun, educational, environmental, uh, business connecting ways um, and get that locked up tight. Cause it's, it's really, really cool right now. And I really love it um, the way that it's growing and the way that it's happening. But before I try to incorporate some new next project thing, I wanna make sure we're doing the best we can this way. And I think what that might look like in the the upcoming year is maybe bringing somebody on board um, to help lift up like the tail end of our like digital presence. Right. Because, yeah, that's me. And I don't do that well enough right now. I know right now that's pretty much one of our main Achilles heels. And I it's also one of those things where like I kind of because I hate being online, I kind of don't want to make myself do it. But, you know, I could bring somebody on uh, and have them be like the website person or like a blog writer person or a, um, social media manager of stuff, which would then give me more time to think about, you know, future projects or, or different connections and stuff. So I really want to build up a few things on the back end, um, in ways that like can be more beneficial, right? It's not the romantic stuff to build up. Right. But it's, you know, it's stuff that needs to be matched with moving yeah. forward. So I got to get somebody to do that. And I, uh, We'll be working with that, but I've also got a really cool board of directors in place that are far more insightful than I am in a lot of ways. And the growth we've seen, uh, and the connections made since getting that together, has been uh, huge. So I get really excited each time we have like a board meeting to kind of, you know, it's like when you watch like a climbing movie before you go outside, you get all like revamped to yeah. go out and do something. You know, you get your energy up and you're stoked. So when I get to hear other people's points of views, um, or or even just like ideas about how we can do something we're already doing, but do it better. Uh, That's always cool. So right now, I think we're just kind of in the process of like fielding some, uh, you know, comments and responses and, and kind of plugging along. But that being said, we are, uh, there are a few things coming up this year that I'm getting really stoked for, but I'm going to wait and like, they're not, it's nothing crazy, but it's like, you know, events and stuff coming down the line that I want to, um, play close to the vest until we get everybody involved that I'm looking to get involved. And then we can kind of unveil it as it gets closer in a really cool way. Because we've got just this past month, we had some really, really cool talks with uh, a couple outdoor companies that are um, doing some really big things and looking to give back to uh, like the outdoor initiative side of what we do. Because a lot of what we do is litter cleanups, right? That's where the traction came from. And that's how we got started. But uh, another thing that we love to do is get folks outside who maybe have never been there or maybe aren't comfortable there yet because they, uh, you know, didn't grow up in an outdoorsy setting, but they want to get into backpacking. So, yeah, they they can come with us and, and, and learn some trail maintenance stuff or go on a backpacking trip with us or whatever. But we do have some really cool stuff coming down the line on that side of the business that I'm excited for uh, in the months to come.
1: That's awesome. Well, definitely, definitely exciting things to to come with that. So with uh so i always like to ask our guests um you know what is one piece of advice you know for them that they can kind of take away from each episode um and obviously you know since since you started doing this to you know kind of where you're at now and obviously where you're going um there's been a lot of growth and that kind of stuff what you know if maybe something like this isn't in place where they live now but it's you know I think you can probably say trash is a problem everywhere um, for the most part. Um, you know, what is the best way to kind of rally, rally this, those troops? I mean, I know you kind of did it in a very organic um, way, which might have even surprised yourself, you know, in the beginning of, you know, what kind of support you're getting. But, you know, how, how could they get involved to, to really kind of start taking those steps and try to figure out where their or what their community is that they can get behind and, and start doing something similar?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think, I mean, the best advice you can do is, you know, there, there's really cool organizations like Richmond, for example, they have and I think this actually exists everywhere. But, you know, obviously, it's pertinent to Richmond for me, but meetup.com uh, is a great, uh, a great resource, because a lot of, of organizations will use that to kind of get their information out there. So if you move to a new city, or if you're living in a new city, or even if you're in a city, you've been in for 10 years, but you've never gotten involved in the community. Uh, you can go to meetup.com and at the top of it there's like a thousand little tabs right that you can click to highlight your interests specifically like yoga running dogs you know bacon outdoors (laughs) whatever and then it'll auto populate these groups uh that at least kind of share similar interests and that's a good way to find out like oh hey i can go do this plogging event like i can trail run forest hill park and then pick up trash and then go have a beer afterwards like. That's a really cool resource that I learned about. That's actually how I found a couple of the groups I first volunteered with in Richmond. Um, But then I'd also just say too, like, you know, you can everybody that I've learned so far that's come to our events. uh, The one thing that I've seen a lot of is everybody really wants to do good. They just kind of want somebody else to do it first so that they can know how to just plug in easily, right? Yeah, getting people to pick up trash on a Tuesday evening. It was actually not as hard as I thought it was because the people showing up to the cleanup weren't the ones that had to plan the cleanup. So if you have an idea and you want to start doing something, just do it as easily as we did it. Start a Facebook group or everybody has a social media. Now make an Instagram story and say, Hey, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then you'd be surprised like how many people are willing to show up once they know somebody else has kind of taken the lead uh, to get the ball rolling with that stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's I mean, that's a good point, too, you know, a lot of people want to do good. They don't know where to start or maybe maybe they're afraid to for whatever reason, you know, if it comes to organi- organizing it. But, you know, if they see it out there, you know, and you're the one doing it, you know, that might incline them to be like, OK, well, th- this is this was a good idea. Now I see this person doing it. Let's go join them or, you know, whatever. So,
0: yeah. That's and a- like and another thing, you know, is like for me specifically, because what's been really cool uh, with this is it's also been such a it's paralleled my growth as a human as well as the growth as a nonprofit. Because yeah. um, I just, I've never been good at like asking for help. You know, I never want to feel like I am burdening somebody else with something that might've been my idea to begin with, right? And, and that's just how I've always been. But, you know, what I've also realized recently is that for those people who want to help, they just need to know how, uh, you know, you're doing them a disservice by not offering them the ability yeah. to help so one thing I've really had to do more so in the past three years than like ever before in my life is just kind of check my ego and realize, you know, hey, uh, what's really important is that we're all doing something together. And if I can put out an ask for anybody's help, maybe somebody who's never made it to a cleanup but is really good at doing IT stuff, sees that and is like, I'd be happy to write your blogs or I'd be happy to do whatever. Like, just don't be afraid to ask for help and don't look at it as uh, you know, like a charity case kind of thing, because nothing good is ever achieved alone, but you have to check your ego before you can move yeah. forward and not off the world, because uh, that's been a lesson in patience and uh, understanding for me, too.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that makes sense. So um, so to that point, where where can people find you online to see what you're up to, see what's to come? Um, if they're if they're in the Richmond area, get involved, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, so we have, uh, you know, we have I, I don't want to say all the things because we don't have all the things, but we have the most <laughs> important things, I think. Uh, we don't have a TikTok, which I am kind of stoked about. But uh, we have Instagram, we have Facebook, we have a website. Um, the Instagram is, is all spelled out, but it's just at Keep Virginia Cozy. And then the same with the Facebook it's just facebook.com slash Keep Virginia Cozy. And then our website is keepvirginiacozy.org. And our email address is howdy at keepvirginiacozy.org. So if you go to any one of those channels, you can find a a way to contact us on there. Instagram is probably the easiest because that's uh, like a direct link to my back pocket and I get the ding (laughs) and I can read it. And right as of now, uh, I'm the only one on the other side of social media. So I see all those messages come through uh, and I do my best to answer them in a timely fashion, but you know, it might, might take a little bit of time here and there, but yeah, you can find us on all of those channels. And if you go to our website too, there's a option to sign up for our, after you're there, like on the landing page for about three seconds, the little window pops up and you can join our email list. So you'll get like a a quarterly newsletter telling you what's coming up, what just went down, uh, how you can get involved and, you know, maybe resources that you might have that could further our mission as well.
1: Yeah, awesome. Everyone definitely make sure, um, check them out, see what they're up to. If you're in Richmond, definitely get involved. If you're not, check out their stuff and get inspired in your own community. Um, But, Brian, I think uh, thank you for taking your time to come on and be a guest uh, for a second time and kind of share share what's been going on. It's definitely some awesome things. And uh, I appreciate what you're doing for, uh, you know, my home state. I'm not there anymore, but it's uh, it's cool to hear those stories and definitely inspires me out here as well. So, uh, you know, wishing wishing you the best of luck for the, you know, the rest of the year and, and what's to come.
0: Yeah, man. Thank you all so much for having me back on. And I, uh, you know, I, I love listening and following along y'all's journeys and seeing the cool shirts and stuff you do with Beyond Boundaries and and other folks. And it's just really a cool gift to get to come back on, but have new exciting news and then, uh, you know, continue back in the way. So maybe down the road in a couple of years, if I'm back on, we can have more stuff to update. But thank you all for lending a voice to all of us smaller groups who don't have this platform at the ready all the time. So thank you for that
1: yeah absolutely absolutely that's what it's all about and um yeah for sure we'll we'll uh, schedule another uh update here uh you know a couple couple months couple years whatever that looks like um because like you said that's what's all about kind of sharing these stories getting people an idea of, of what's out there so um until that time I, I yeah no i appreciate it and i thanks thanks for uh, you coming on absolutely man thank y'all thanks for listening And hey, if you've made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life in motion. Until next time.